Andrea presents The Power of You with John Williams and Tanya Caprioli. The Andrea Method. Inspire, influence and impact your world. Be who you were born to be. What's stopping you? Find out now with John and Tanya. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on where in the world you are listening to this broadcast or podcast and at what time you are. My name's John Williams. I'm the co-founder of Andrea, and I'm also your host here on The Power of You. I'm going to be here every week, week after week, talking to you about you, about what's stopping you from living the life that you were born to live, the one that you really want to live. We're going to be unpacking those issues and showing how you can actually change your life for the better, change your life to be what you want it to be. Right now, I'm going to introduce you to my co-founder and co-host and actually the author of The Andrea Method, Tanya Caprioli. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm fine. So, good morning to you because I know you're sitting here in Brisbane, Australia with me. So, it's, I, I can be certain. I have some degree of certainty around that one. So. Unless I nicked off to Italy overnight. <laughs> Well, normally you'd give me some notice on that. Normally you give me some notice. Tanya, today we're going to be talking about the third module, oh, sorry, the second module of the Andrea Method, Create a New You. But I was hoping you would be able to give our listeners a bit of context by quickly going over the, the, the model as a whole um, and giving people an idea of what the Andrea Method is, is about. Yeah, okay. So essentially the, the model is a system for how to work out what's in your way and then adjust so that you know what you want and then from there embed that. So that's why I divided it up into three sections and the first part, which we started with last week, was discover your default. And uh, in preparation for this, I thought, well, what better thing to do than go look at the model wrapper, right? And what occurred to me out of re-listening and re-watching to those, that video series. And on the one hand, you could say, well, why are you doing that? You wrote it. Well, because we're human and we forget. <laughs> and, and the best thing to, that we can do is to constantly just re-immerse ourselves in things that we know are good for us. So when I was re-watching the uh, wrap-up video, it, it's essentially a self-awareness exercise. So when you raise your level of awareness, um, then change is possible. Up until that point, you are blissfully or not so blissfully unaware of what drives your behaviour. Um, you know, you've heard that saying, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I've and, heard it, but I don't think it's true because you can be in a world of pain and go, well, I don't, there's nothing I can do. It's hopeless. Yes. And that's not true, but as long as you keep telling yourself that story, uh, you don't have that, that shift, And which brings us to what uh, Creating New You is about. And it's literally uh, creating a shift from where you are to where you want, want to go. And I'm not sure of the average age of whoever's listening or watching, but some of us will be familiar with George Bernard Shaw, the playwright. And he basically said, life is not about finding yourself. It's, it's about creating yourself. And this is 
the essence of the, the second module. It's about creating the new you the way you want it to be so that you can get the results that you want um, and line yourself up with that. Without that, you know, you're basically going to be a spinning top. Right. So like in the first module, Discover Your Default, there are four components, four lessons, and mm-hmm. uh, I was reviewing those in preparation for this, and I think there's no way we're going to get this inside an hour, but we're going to try. So the lessons are speak, speak your truth, purpose, mm-hmm. The power of words and responsibility. So uh, tell us why these four lessons and how do they contribute to creating a new me? Well, I know that um, it was a deliberate process that I went through in this, even though I did not create it in a linear manner. (laughs) But unless you can tell the truth to yourself, you've got Buckley's of changing anything. So that's why I started with truth as the first one in creating a you. And I know that purpose is one of your favourites, John, because without a purpose, without a purpose, you, you don't know why you exist. And there's so many, so many great books that I could quote and great authors, but essentially without a purpose, life doesn't have meaning. And human beings are meaning-making machines. It's what we do. Uh, We are constantly adding meaning. And unless it's a meaning that empowers us, we run the risk of disempowering ourselves. And from there, that segues beautifully into the power of words because how do we tell stories? With our words, don't we? It doesn't matter what language you're using. It, it's our stories are always created through our language, whatever language we're using. That's and right. If, yeah. Keep going. Go further, because in some cases, you know, one of the issues that we have here in Australia is Indigenous languages dying out, and with them the stories, because the stories are told best in those languages. Yeah, well, they're oral cultures, and language and culture are inextricably linked. Um, mm. I know that myself. There are some words in Italian that just don't translate into English and some words in English that just don't translate into Italian. So if you happen to be listening to the news in Italian, it'll be Italian, 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 then they throw in an English word because there is literally no other word. Like here's one that will throw you. You'd reckon there'd be a word for sport in Italian. Heck, yeah. It's sport. (laughs) (laughs) because they they didn't have a word for sport so why reinvent the word when you can literally borrow the word that's most used because english is a very widely spoken language across the globe so they literally imported the word sport because there is no word and the importance of these words the words that we use is that um we use words to create our stories and those stories become our reality They shape what we see. Right. I'll give you another example. There is a culture that has, it's an Indigenous culture, and I think it might be in South America, so don't quote me. But they have something like 20 words for green. There's all these nuances for green. Do you know how many words they have for blue? I'll guess one. Zero. (laughs) Right. They have zero words for blue, so do you think they see blue? 
One would suspect not. No, it's probably some some shade of green for them. So the point is that our language shapes what we see and then it further reinforces our stories. And if you're not using the language that correlates to what you want, chances are you're going to get a very different result. So after words is responsibility, because we'll come back to picking these apart bit by bit, but, yeah. you know, then, then it's responsibility. Why responsibility? That's the question. Because without it, you're not in charge. You're not steering the ship. And the, the responsibility has a model, and we'll deal with that much, much later. But we use a, a waterline. So you measure responsibility by a line. And the model is um, above or below the line. And that's actually how you measure whether, whether or not you're being responsible. So, so in short, really... I'm either breathing or I'm drowning. Yes, If I'm breathing, exactly. I'm okay. And if I'm drowning, well, that's probably not going to be working for me very well. Exactly. You're either, you're either at cause and in charge or, and res- responsive or you're at effect and at uh, unconsciously driven by your behaviours. And if you're going to create a new you and take you in a direction you say you want to go, then buck stops with you, buddy. Yeah. Tanya, the majority of our our listeners are are sitting in the US and and we're in Australia. Um, I just want to remind our listeners that they can get access to the Andrea method simply by going to andrea.solutions. That's A-N-D-R-E-I-A dot solutions. And for those of you who don't know, Andrea is the ancient Grecian virtue of taking yourself on and taking on the pain, even, even if it's scary, but actually changing your life and making yourself better. So we thought, what better way name for our, our, our program and what we do than Andrea. So it's andrea.solutions. Tanya, talking about what's going on in America at the moment, there seems to be a lot of finger-pointing and blame around the place, and that sort of goes to responsibility. And everybody has a, a perspective of the truth. So I want to go back to the first lesson in this, um, this module, speaking your truth. And... What are we? What is the truth about our truth? The truth about our truth is that it's viewed from your perspective. Uh-huh. So, so, like the filters we talked about in the discovery, your default, right? Yeah. So it's more. It, it it's a very convenient way of filtering things in and filtering things out. So we hear things through a thing called consistency bias that reinforce our point of view. And we conveniently delete things that don't conform with our point of view. And that becomes our reality. Now, there's a difference between reality that exists out there and reality that we create. Now, they sound like contradictory things, and they are and they aren't. So there are truths that exist in the world of of facts like gravity. No matter how much you might want to argue, you cannot argue with gravity. Gravity will impact you just like if I walk out onto the street and happen to see a car coming at me. If I don't take action, that car is going to hit me and I'm going to be at the effect of being hit by a car, right? There's no uh, unreality around that. But getting back to the stories that we tell ourselves, if we are conveniently filtering things in and filtering things out of our uh, lexicon, our experience, constantly looking to reinforce our point of view, 
that reinforces the story. And then we continue to see it that way. And we become immovable in our position. And once you're immovable in a position, it's like you're sitting inside of a thinking trap. It's impossible to move. It's just the way it is. So, so this sort of explains, like, we see people, we're both sides of the political divide in, in America at, at, at the moment. Th- those people that, that uh, were at the Capitol on the 6th of, of, of January and believed fully that they were saving their country, they were patriots doing what needed to be do be done to save their, their, their world, and they believed it... Um, as much as they believed they would wake up breathing the next morning. And yet there were, there were others that thought, well, that's just, that's, that's terrorism. That's homegrown terrorism. This is an insurrection. And, um, and then both sides say, but look at the facts. Yes, and they're the facts that conveniently support their argument. Right. Right. And when we can bring that back to ourselves then in terms of speaking our truth, I guess we have to know that our truth is is only our truth. It's the way we see the world. It's the way we perceive the world based on our filters and our experience and our upbringing. And it probably needs to be approached with a question mark. Would that be right? Absolutely, it needs to be approached with a question mark. Look at it this way. Given we're meaning-making machines and we have a point of view that is based on a slither of information because we have deleted out that which is inconvenient or that which doesn't uh, reflect our experience or our understanding, which generally comes from the past, um, then we can't see another point of view. And if I approach it with a question mark and I'm able to come over here and go, why do you see it that way? And they tell you and you listen with an open heart, a virtuous heart perhaps, then you might have another, you might allow your point of view to be shaped. And so you've got a pool of meaning which is over here and they have a pool of meaning which is over here and the Intersection of those two contributes to a greater pool of meaning. So my understanding is expanded. doesn't mean I have to take on your point of view at the end of it. I can still stick with mine, but at least I'm now open to it, which will bring us closer together. And maybe, just maybe, uh, the need for taking up arms or, or getting to the point where we feel so frustrated by our the stories and that we tell ourselves the reality that we reinforce, maybe there'd be another point of view. Like maybe there's a third point of view, another way, which doesn't involve all that. Takes talking though. Tony, I think that's so important. Actually, I had that down to my next question is that sometimes when we want to speak the truth, we go, oh, yeah, but that might hurt somebody's feeling or cause a fight and it might be endangered. You know, but you're saying that there is a way in which we can perhaps speak our truth that won't cause those outcomes, perhaps by listening first? Yes. Have you noticed, like, human beings work really well with this thing called reciprocity. So if someone does something for you, chances are you want to reciprocate. Now, there are some people that just 
take and don't give. But if I give you my listening, and that's what it is, when I listen to you, I'm literally giving you a gift. So when I give you that gift, chances are you will want to reciprocate. Now, isn't always the case, but I also don't have to, coming back to that meaning stuff again, I don't have to make it mean anything, whatever you might say. I don't have to personalize it. That's your opinion. You can have yours. I can have mine. And then let's have a look at it from the other point of view and see what might be, might be true. Look here, I'll give you an example. What do you see? And I know we're on radio, so I've got a coffee cup. Pat- patterns, a coffee cup sitting out there. It's pat- got patterns on it. Um, I'm colour blind. I'm going to go yellow, green, colour. <laughs> so- <laughs> I see a handle. Do you see a handle, John? No, 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 no. Yeah, I've got one too. <laughs> okay, but there's, there's a handle on this cup. Yeah, but Doesn't I can't look like see it. it. No. And how would you know that it is a cup with a handle? How would you know? Well, I guess I would change my perspective of it. I'd say turn it around. Okay, so let's say you and I are physically sitting opposite each other. Yeah. What would you need to do? in order to see the handle. Change my position probably. You literally need to get up, walk across the room and look over my shoulder. And if you looked over my shoulder, you'd see that. Mm -hmm. Now. And not the crazy cat lady thing written on it, right? Yeah, not the crazy cat lady thing. (laughs) (laughs) But you get my point, right? Absolutely. Well, I didn't even see the crazy cat thing until I, you moved, moved it and changed my perspective. So what you're essentially saying here is that we can learn more by doing the homework, by going on digging in and, and changing our perspective by being firstly being prepared to challenge our own truth and saying, okay, well, maybe I don't know it all and maybe it's a good idea. And when you do the work and discover your default, we talk about actually having a slither of information there. So if people would like to know more about this, there is a handout attached to this program on BBS Radio 1. You can download that. That will take you through what we're talking about and create a new you. You can also go back and watch uh, Discover Your Default and the introduction to the Andrea method. Um, or you could choose to go to Andrea Solutions. That's Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-I-A dot solutions. And there you will be able to hunt around on the website and find all out about the Andrea method and get on board and start doing this for yourself. Start changing your life. And more importantly, tell your friends and you can get these podcasts from your favorite podcaster. Uh, or we'll be back next weekend, next week at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday. We're here every time, 3 p.m. on Wednesday Pacific time, which is actually 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday. So it's a very pleasant time to be doing the program. Tanya, much to talk about. We could go on talking about uh, speaking your truth for the whole hour, and we will be doing this as we go along uh, for our listeners' benefit. We will be digging into each one of these lessons. We'll be spending the whole hour on each one of these lessons, and that probably still won't be enough time. Let's talk about purpose for a, for a minute. Let's talk about purpose. What does it mean to be on purpose, and and how do we get there? I'm going to reflect that one back to you because I know this is a favourite of yours. You tell me. Okay. Uh, So purpose for me is the battery pack. It's the fuel. 
It's the fuel. And getting to know your why, which we talk about the uh, purpose as being your why, is just enlightening because all of it, for me it was a mission. When we do this for the Andrea Method, we start by working on the the vision. How? What is the world that you want to to live in? What mm-hmm. is the, the 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 big picture? Something that you can't do on your own. That it's really you need to enlist other people into. It's a big thing, and it matters more than any anything. You know, a lot of people are very very engaged in, in environmental, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. I, I work with people that have everything. They want to have gardens, uh, uh, cause gardens to community gardens to uh, arise around the world because it'll help with world hunger. And those that want to have community gardens because it will help with the environment, you know. And and there's lots of you know, it's this having this 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 big picture. But you then have your mission, which is about what you can do, what your background, your experience, who you are. When you've spoken your truth to yourself about who you are and what you are, what role can you play in that? And it might be, listen, you're living in a community and you want to make a difference to your community because you see the kids that are not getting what they need in that community. That's a big, that's a big cause. That's a vision that's, that's important. And what role can you play in that? Maybe all you can do is, is um, help kids yourself. That's because that's what you've got. It's right there for you to do. That's what you do. So beyond that, though, is the purpose. Why do that? Why am I sitting here today and the reason I'm sitting here today is because I want to make a difference to to people who have lost their way in their lives and are feeling like they're they're hopeless and are taking all sorts of options out there from buying Harley Davidson motorbikes to drinking themselves stupid or having multiple affairs or doing whatever that does they're just falling off the rails and they need to find a way of getting their lives back on 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 track that's what got me involved with Andrea. And for me, we talk about ways of being. And one of the ways of, of being is is love. And the best way I can describe a way of being is the potentiality of that way of being is always present. So um, to uh, love something is an act. I love it. And I, and I love people. And I can love my dogs. But to be love is that that potentiality is always there and I'm acting on that potentiality in my purpose. It makes me feel good is the short. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel valuable. It makes me feel like I'm contributing. That's the value of purpose. That's the battery pack. Gets you out of bed, right? It gets me out of bed. It gets me doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm. As I see it, we've got two choices. We either live in our mind with our stories that disempower us, or we find something outside of us. We are so introspective these days. And introspection is great because without it, we don't have self-awareness. But there's another thing that makes just as much sense and is equally valued and needs the balance of the introspection, and that's introspection. Why? Why are you here? Of all the... like. You know the statistical odds of you being born are one in 65 million. The worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. You are a statistical impossibility. 
Well, well you take into it, you, 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 there's one in sixty of a million that you're being born as you are as, as as a human, right? Yes. But you don't not take into account the impossibility of human life, or life itself, or indeed the planet, or the universe. Add all those odds up, you are impossible. Yeah, but and yet here, here we, we are. are. <laughs> yeah, here we are, right? So, um, getting back to that meaning making thing again, human beings are meaning making machines. We are always making meaning. The question only ever is, is it a meaning that empowers or disempowers? And it is so much easier to stay empowered, stay on track if you live on purpose. And there's a deliberateness about that. Mm. Uh, There's also this really great quote that I love by Rumi. That which is seeking, that which you are seeking, sorry, is seeking you. He was a Sufi poet um, who's written beautiful poetry for many, many years and he's long, long dead. But that wisdom lives on today. And I don't know about you, John, but um, have you always had a vision? Because I've always found vision really, really hard and it was exacerbated by the earthquake for me. You know, I think I've always had a dream, um, but... I allowed what I describe as reality to come in on top of that and stop me from living my dream. Or, or and then so well, okay, the the reality is is the other thing. So I found myself living a life where I was doing what I thought I should do, what I've been told was the right thing to do, what was realistic, what was possible. Um, and I bought into that for the, the longest time. And it's only in the last five years when I've realized that, you know what, it's all a story. There is even a, there's a question. I've, uh, I've just been reading a, a book that questions the, the validity of space-time as a concept and questions whether the physicality actually is the building blocks. Is anything really real? I know that's taken out to an esoteric area, but this is quantum physics we're talking about here. So we're starting to get to a point where our science is saying, hang on, we have to question the concept of reality. Therefore, it's a pretty good line that says, hey, it's a story, and we can write that story any way we want to, which leads beautifully into a discussion about words, doesn't it? Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're going to have this purpose here, and but maybe before we do, imagination—that's a massive part here, isn't it? Is that part of the purpose, or is it we start, or is it when we start shaping things up with words? So the purpose of your imagination is—it's your test universe. Anything that exists in the physical world existed first in someone's imagination, whether it's um, someone amazing or not, and then we all tap into that imagination as well. But if we just stick to, if I want to do something, um, what might that look like? How might that feel? You're having a conversation with yourself about it and you're imagining it. You're creating it in your mind before you actually create it in reality. And people use that to the reverse as well. So it's not just um, a positive force. We can use our, like, with, like anything. So, so, like, I have an idea that, that I might reach out to a friend and invite yep. them to dinner. 
So essentially, I'm creating the possibility of the the dinner, and then reaching out to them and imagining what the dinner will be with them. We're playing a joint imagination game, and mm-hmm. we set a date, and we then we bring that dinner into into reality. I mean, it's a pretty basic example, but but it's a pretty good one. It communicates very clearly what happens in your imagination in a very simple way. So if it applies to a dinner, it could apply to anything. Hmm. And then take action on it. But this, and that's the next module. So the default, you, know, you can see how the model works in just about every way. You know, the default position is I have friends, I'd like to see them, I'm aware of that. So I create the possibility of something new, a dinner, uh, and, and moving on on that relationship, and then we take action on it and make sure you make it happen. Yeah. So, but the power of our words in this uh, is, is absolutely massive, isn't it? Well, let's take your dinner example. So imagine this is a friend you haven't seen for a while and you have the thought, I really would love to see my friend Pam. Pam's coming up on the weekend, but it's, it's actually a real example. <laughs> so I have the idea, I'd really love to catch up with Pam, haven't seen her for ages. Uh, I wonder if she's got time. The thing to do then would be just pick up the phone and go, hey, I'd really love to see you. When do you have some time and lock in a date? Now, instead of doing that, let's imagine that I go, do you know what? I haven't heard from her in a while. She's really busy. She's become a new mom. She's a kinship carer for her niece. Uh, she's got a full workload. She's a busy CEO of a youth services uh, non-for-profit organisation in New South Wales, she doesn't have time to spend with me. If she really wanted to talk to me, she would have called out first. Why is it that I've got to be the one to reach out? See how I start to build a story and create evidence for why she hasn't called? Equally, I could go, hey, she's a busy mum. She's got a full plate. Reach out. One takes action and validates my story. The other one is where I live in my mind and just make up a whole bunch of kafui that is really not helpful to the relationship. Both so, in both instances, I imagine I'm imagining it right. Yeah, look, I, I totally get this. I'm taking back that you're using the words, and it then can go on and create a reality. It's going to create a reality that you're going to improve your relationship with Pam, and you're going to see Pam, you're going to have fun and enjoy each other's company, or. The other way it goes, you're going to start building walls and you're going to start drifting apart and there's going to be a lack of communication there because you're not speaking your truth. You're not actually reaching out. You're not being vulnerable. These issues that people need to face in terms of building these things. Pretty powerful stuff. So you can we can see how these words really make a difference in our lives. I'm now thinking... Okay, so we talked about before about vision and mission and and and, and purpose, you, you, and relating it to that. So the, the vision is that that I'd like to have 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 a friendly world, and my mission is I can ring up people and 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 go and see them. So it actually makes it happen, and that makes them make me feel good. That's going to make me feel good. That's a very basic level level of looking at it. But you know. It doesn't really matter where it is. My 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 vision is 
you know, I want to live in a world of enlightened citizens and, and, and leaders. My mm-hmm. mission in, in that is to have the conversations and to coach pe- other people so as they can have the conversations to bring that into reality. I do that because I can be loved and I feel fantastic about it. Now, those are words that, that, that I have now used and put out there into the world using my imagination, it's now about, okay, how, how, do, I, how do I make those? But sometimes I feel so inadequate because I'm like, well, I'm only just me. How do I make something that big happen? Well, you are only just you, but why would you let that stop you? Because I might fail. You might. And that goes back to fear, isn't it? It goes back to fear. Hang on, what's your relationship with fear? What's, is there really something here to, is that's dangerous? You know, that fear of failure. People make, what is it you've got, we've got a, a, a meme somewhere that says, fear is a bruise, uh, not a tattoo. Not a tattoo, yeah. Failure. Failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. Yeah. Right. Fear of failure, yeah. 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 Let's go back to the Pam example, which, by the way, I don't have those stories around her. I, if I want to talk to her, I'll send her a text or I'll call and she'll call back when she's ready. I don't tell myself a disempowering story. So when you come back to why would I do this, I might fail. We are, as humans, we default to the negative. We default to I can't. We use all of our um, evidence for things that will take us generally, not always, into a direction that doesn't serve us. What the what module two creating new you does is it goes okay so it can be anyway how do I want it to be and then you take action in that direction because I'm responsible so with the example of Pam and seeing her I'm responsible for the relationship now that doesn't mean that she if she never ever called me never reached out that I wouldn't start to have a thought or two about, well, what's going on here? But the point is, that's not my first port of call. My first port of call is, I want to talk to Pam. I miss Pam. Pick the phone up, send her a message, and don't make up stories between when I make the call or send the text and when I receive a response. That's the difference. It's the stories you tell yourself. So essentially you're saying that what happens next is a blank piece of paper. Yes. So it can be it can be anything that you want it to be. Yes, it's flexible. And, and why not? Why not write that script that says things are going to turn out well for me, and I'm going to be part of something that matters. We might exactly. as well do that as write the opposite. Yeah, one empowers you, one disempowers you. Now choose. Right. So this is, goes then to, and I, I want to move on to responsibility here because if you are choosing, you are responsible, aren't you, for whatever yeah. outcome, but maybe you're not being responsible around it. So let's dig into responsibility. It's, you know how I, I basically said, I put six back to you and said, well, I know it's your favourite. Mm-hmm. My favourite is responsibility. Oh, well, this is all yours then. Go for it. <laughs> Well, but do you want to know why it's my favourite? Of course I want to know why. I'm a curious little cat. You are a curious little cat. Um, so I don't know about 
about you and your relationship to responsibility, but mine has not been a particularly empowered one for most of my life. Any kids that you might observe, you'll notice really early on that they start to do this. What are they doing? Pointing. They're pointing fingers. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it's also a gun, but it's pointing, right? Yeah. It's blaming. It's externalizing. Um, you did this to me. You did that to me. Or if I ask you, you know, you could come into a room and something's gone wrong and you could even see a kid and maybe there's chocolate donuts that you had sitting on the counter and there's a couple of them gone and you can see a child with chocolate all over their face and say to them, <laughs> what happened to the chocolate donut? And sometimes you'll just get, oh, I don't know, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Not me. How often do you hear them go, you know what, you got me, I ate the chocolate donut. We don't do that. Why? Why? Because fear of repudiation. Um, We make it mean that we are bad, that we are wrong, Uh, and really there's no power in that because now we're stuck in defending. Started off with denial. No. What? What donut? I don't know. No donut. (laughs) Secondly, I justify, well, you know, you left them sitting there for me. What did you really expect? I'm four years old after all. Or there's, um, you know, I'm bad. Or worse, you're bad. Or he did it. There's chocolate all over my face, but really my brother did it. And I think one of the reasons why I have this relationship to responsibility is I can remember being, I don't know, maybe five years of age and um, mum got into the car and we used to have this uh, brown Ford Fairmont and she looked up and on top of the headlining there was scribble everywhere and she turned around and she said did you do that and I said no but before before my no got heard my brother's going Tanya did it she did it It wasn't me and what happened was I got this stupid smile on my face so who do you think looked guilty you I did. I looked like a cat like the proverbial uh, budgie, but it wasn't. It wasn't true. And now, unfortunately, I get this stupid smile, and mostly it doesn't line up with the truth. And it's really hard to defend yourself from that position. So my relationship to responsibility was not a positive one, thank you to my brother. Um, now, I'm over that, of course, because now I can go, you know what, I can be responsible, be responsible, notice my language, with a stupid smile on my face, but it doesn't mean that that's what I did. I can so own how, my part. How does somebody take responsibility and what is the impact of responsibility on an individual's life? Well, what they don't do is they don't blame, they don't shame. So blame's external, shame is internal. They don't give their excuses, they don't give their justifications, and they certainly don't pretend it didn't happen. What they do is they own it and they say, you know what, that had something to do with me. But here's the other piece that we forget. We tend to think about ownership as owning the bad stuff. It also means owning the good stuff. Yeah, I did that. You know, I... Yay, yay, we got there and we, yeah. Yeah. That. I had my role in that, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm 100% responsible for my role. Doesn't always mean, and that's a bad thing. I'm 100% responsible and it's a good thing. It also means that I'm willing to do that. Um, because if you look at the root of the word responsibility, 
It literally comes from sponda, which means to be answerable. And the re part is again. So what it is, it's the willingness to be answerable to or for someone or something again and again. So it's a, I choose. It's the choice conversation. I choose, I choose, I choose. Earlier on, we spoke about the waterline, and we have a model in the Andrea method in this particular lesson. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through what that model looks like so listeners can perhaps sketch it out in front of them and it's a, a way in which they can start measuring their own responsibility in any given situation? Yeah, well, the line, first of all, you draw a line from left to right on your page. And then above that, you write O, underneath that A, underneath that R. So the O is the ownership piece that I just spoke about. So that's when you raise your hand, whether you did something in inverted commas, bad or good, doesn't matter. Whether it, Either way, you own the result, whatever that looks like. The responsibility piece is the willingness to actually say, I owned it. The accountability piece is like is where you go, you know what, I said I would and I didn't. It's literally as simple as that, without any make wrong, without any shame. They're all the behaviours that work. They're conscious. That's being prepared to be accountable as opposed to holding somebody else accountable. Well, first of all, accountability starts with you. So, But generally accountability is something you do hold yourself to account, but most people won't do that. Most people want someone else to hold them to account. So So, that's why we have accountability and responsibility because we're saying, hey, first hold yourself to account. Take ownership of what you can. Hold yourself to account for what you've said you would do, wouldn't do, and where you've aired as such. And mm-hmm. what's the R stand, stand for? Well, that's the responsibility piece. That's the ownership. That's responsibility. That's, and, and I know this gets a little confusing because it's the willingness to be responsible. Right. 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 Again and again and again. And, and, that's, and that's an easy way to remember that is that's or. Isn't it? Or, yes. O-A-R. So if I'm sitting on the waterline and I have mm-hmm. my oar in my my hand, I, I have a degree of control over where I'm going. And, yeah, you steer it. My life, I'm steer, able to steer. Maybe use the oar as a rudder. But at least I'm able to do something. I'm, I'm, I'm capable. Okay, so, so what happens below the waterline? Well, in this instance, there's no oar. You're out of the boat and the water's moving around you. Hey, Actually, I'll give you a really great example, a visual one. Have you ever been diving, John? Yes. Do you remember your first dive? Oh, God, it was a long time ago, Tanya. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember my first one. First of all, you practice in a pool. In a pool, you can't drown. Everything is in a controlled environment. It's safe. And you go, you know what? I can do this. So we had our practice in the pool, we did our theory, and then we went out to the Tweed River. And it's a uh, tidal river, so it's salt water, it's brackish actually, so mixture mixture of fresh and salt. And I got in the water and you've got your uh, buoyancy buoyancy jacket and your weight belt on. And as soon as I got into the water and I felt the water move around me, I immediately went to, oh, my God, I'm going to drown. And what happens when you 
go to dive is you've got this on uh, your buoyancy jacket, you've got this little valve and you release air. And what's supposed to happen is you release the air and you very slowly and gently sink into the into the depths and then you have the most amazing experience of what's around you. I couldn't sink. And the reason I couldn't sink is because my fear kicked in and I kept filling my lungs with air. So, but it was the fear of drowning that was keeping me that way. I had no control. The water's moving around me. I can't sink, which is what I want to do. I was in literally in denial. I was looking for all sorts of reasons why I should or shouldn't, totally out of control. And that is a really good metaphor for what happens when you're out of the boat. I just right, haven't had and in, but in the model, we've got we've got some other um, we've got bed. You got oars above the waterline, and then we've got the bed, which I always think of as being on the river bed. So like that's it. You're under the water. You're in, you're in trouble. What's, you toast. what's the bed? What's the bed all about? Well, that's the blame and the shame. So if you're that. writing that down again, so we've got O A R and then the line, and then you've got B under that E and then D. So the, the B stands for blame. Blame is external. Shame is internal. And then uh, excuses or justifications are all your reasons why you can or can't. And notice that's paired. If you look at the, the O-A-R, the E comes in line with the A. So, no, sorry, it's the R. Hmm, that doesn't quite work. But anyway, my point is if you don't hold yourself to account you've just got excuses as to why it isn't that way so you can have your reasons or you can have your results you're right in the first place o-a-r-b-e-d accountability excuses in the middle good good it's okay sink (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but you're yeah okay and and the d the d that's that's one i see very frequently because that's that's denial yeah, it's the kid with the chocolate all over his face who just says, mm. "No, that wasn't me." Well, it has so we see we see in life where people where and and fil- but filters come to play in this denial denial thing as well, isn't it? Because yeah, um, you know, people will swear that it's not so and that it's not their fault that it's something that it's some other thing, and that's simply because they're not capable of actually seeing it. Well. Mostly, but sometimes they might even be right. Hmm. But even if they're right, does it have any power? Ah, good question. Because this isn't a conversation for truth, like like it's as not in right or wrong. It's not the truth, you know. Is the model for responsibility the only way to be responsible? No, it's not. The only question is: Will it empower you, or will it disempower you? So human beings are incredible creatures and we will deny, deny, deny to our own detriment when it's as plain as plain as the chocolate on the kid's face. But until right. we can actually see it, we can't change it. Right. Okay, so if you want to know more about this, uh, you can go to the handout which is attached to this program, The Power of You, at uh, BBS Radio 1, or you can go to the Andrea 
website, which is at andrea.solutions. That's A-N-D-R-E-I-A dot solutions. There's no dot com, dot org, dot anything after that. It is just simply dot solutions. And there you can find information on how to get enrolled in the Andrea Method and start living your life your way or make a time to have a chat with Tanya or I just clicking a couple of buttons and picking a time and and, uh, you can have a chat one-on-one with with either of us. So we'd encourage you to to do that. Um, In summary, Tanya, the, the purpose of creating new you is having discovered your your default in the earlier module is to work out where you want to to go, who you want to be. Is that right? Yeah, where do you want to play? What do you mean by where do you want to play? Well, human beings can be a a very significant and serious bunch, can't we? Kids don't approach <laughs> well, we life that Well, I mean, life is serious, isn't it? I mean, life is life is tough. Well, it is, it is, but how, how you relate to it makes all the difference. Okay. So I I know someone who's very close to me, for example, who is well off, has everything he needs and yet still telling himself stories about how he needs to do certain things to prove himself to someone else. I mean, that's nuts, isn't it? That's crazy. But he is so serious about it and so determined to prove himself. And you know this one. Mm. You know this one well. I know you do. Sorry oh, to add. I know you. this tune. Yeah, you know this tune. Um, how serious did you take yourself? Oh, deadly. Even though it wasn't my even even though it wasn't my my goal, I was literally on a track where I would have killed myself to achieve it and some of my colleagues did now that's wasn't directly in suicide but i know guys that died early of cancer and other diseases and that was related to the pressure that they took on themselves and their lack of self-care because they just they just said no i don't have time for self-care i don't have time to to do this i have to be over there i have to be pursuing the goal i have to be proving myself as being one of the sharks one of the best Mm -hmm. oh my god that's so heavy and so serious it is. It is. And did that work for you? Clearly not. <laughs> clearly, clearly not. And I'm like, no, no, it, it, it doesn't because it wasn't aligned with who I really was. And, and this is where I'm on a mission now to, to help people sit down and go, okay, so here I am. I mean, at, at, at this point in time, I'm traveling the world. I literally can go anywhere in the world anytime. I like. I have not one but four houses. Both my wife and I are driving Lexus. We have ostensibly it all. But I am as miserable as sin because it's not just doesn't resonate. It's empty. It's like, okay, well, so got all these things and I still feel like rubbish. What's the go? Mm. So that's when my life fell apart. That's that's when my life fell apart. You go when seeking menu, uh, meaning out externally all over the place instead of sitting down. This is why I wish somebody had come to me with the Andrea method and said, hey, look, um, how about you have a look inside yourself and work out whether what you are doing and who you are being now is aligned 
with who you really think you are, aligned with your upbringing, aligned with your belief system, aligned with with what's in your heart. Yeah, it what do you want very, to create? Yeah, it, it sounds very, very, very soft if you want, and and for for guys, you know, oh, well, it's very feminine. No, it's not. It's really hardcore. It's kind of like, hey, do you really want to keep your life together? Do you not want to waste hundreds of thousands of dollars blowing yourself up and costing your employers? You know, and it's a really relevant thing right at this particular point in time. So, look, Tanya, we're we're running out of time. Thank you so much for for being here and and contributing because you just it's just so much fun digging into to this stuff. For our listeners, um, we're here every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time, which is uh, 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, so you can work out your time zones around the world. Um, The Power of You by Andrea is available through your favorite podcast, or you can simply go to BBS Radio 1 in the archives and you can find us all there. Or alternatively, you can go to our YouTube site, Andrea underscore Courage, um, uh, or visit the website, andrea.solutions, A-N-D-R-E-I-A, com or anything else like that. We'll be back next week, and next week we're going to dig into conscious action. So we've talked about Discover Your Default. If you haven't heard that program, please, I urge you to go and grab that one. Have a listen. It's also on our Facebook site. Look up Andrea Courage on Facebook. You'll find us there. You can have a look at it there. And then... Get that one on board, re-listen to this one, and we will see you back here on BBS Radio 1 at 3 p.m. Pacific Time next Wednesday. Until then, over to you, TJ. The Power of You, presented by Andrea, with John Williams and Tanya Caprioli. Live 3 p.m. Pacific Time every Wednesday on BBS Radio 1. Inspire, influence and impact your world. Visit www.andrea.solutions.com.